0: Vice Sports Interaction, Canada Sports Book. Awesome. All right, I hope you guys can hear me okay. I had some issues just right at the beginning there. And I will be getting started right away to talk about this Winnipeg Jets um big loss that we had just happened. Um I am streaming with my YouTube open on the side so I can chat with you guys in the comments and the audio was like bugging me out a little bit. and I was like, "Oh my goodness. I can hear everything, um, but here we are. Let's talk about that loss. So uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Liz. Um, this is my second game doing the show here. My co-host Brady has been holding down the fort for the last couple of games, and he left me with a real stinker. So thank you so much, Brady, for that. Um, wrapping up a rough 60 minutes there uh, against the Minnesota Wild, 6-1 loss, um, unlike the New Jersey Devils today, we uh, um, all of the goals that were scored in that game were, you know, legit. There's some legit stuff going on in there, and Minnesota Wild, I think, played pretty well. Um, you know, I when I was taking my notes for the game and I was looking at things that, you know, were not going so great for the Jets, things that were going okay, um, I really found that a lot of the goals that Minnesota did score were more a product of them looking really good and making some good plays as opposed to really bad unforced errors by the Jets. That being said, still not a lot of good to talk about uh, with Jets hockey here, but let's get into it a little bit. So um, I am gonna take a look at the comments as we go. Obviously, as you can tell, I'm by myself today. So if you guys have anything that you want to chat about in the chat as we're going live, um, feel free. So before we get started, I just gonna do a quick ad read for our friends at Sports Interaction. So I uh, think you know the way. what way it's gonna go. Make your bet with Sports Interaction, whether it's World Cup hockey football or basketball sports interaction has you covered bet pregame live and play or on one of our many prop bets sports interaction makes it easy to deposit play and cash out join now and see all sports betting has to offer want to bet head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn that's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn 19 plus please pay, play responsibly Awesome. So let's get into it here. So, um, you know, we had the first period and I was really taking notes like crazy. You can see I got my notes app here. For those of you watching on video, I had all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, And I found that a lot of the points that I wanted to bring up at the beginning of the game were pretty consistent throughout. Uh, The Jets did have a better period, in my opinion, in the second but it still wasn't a great effort all the way through. I had a lot of issues with a lot of the things that I did see. Um, but I see someone in the chat here saying that Bois didn't have a good game, and that's something I do want to talk about is specifically him. Um, maybe I didn't think that he was as bad as some others did, but I do have my issues with that guy as an individual as some of the efforts that I've seen from him uh, in this game in particular. Um But some things to start off before we get into the specifics of the game, Um, reverse retro jerseys made it out today. What do you guys think of those? (laughs) I personally am not a huge fan of them. When Brady and I were chatting a while ago, we were calling them the subway jerseys. I don't know if that's the thing that other people are calling them, but uh, the really bright green and yellow I find is very hard to look at. I don't love the yellow and white together on the numbers. I feel like there's some potential there. I also don't like it because it's so similar to Minnesota's last year reverse retro. It's basically just a home jersey, but I was glad they were playing them tonight. It's always fun to play against a different kind of jersey, so that was cool, um, but not not the biggest fan of those, uh, but it is what it is. Um, I also wanted to give a quick shout out to Steve Dangle, who they posted some clips of the podcast that they recorded earlier, and they're talking about goalies not playing the puck. Oh my gosh, Connor Halbuck. Stop playing the puck. (laughs) Um, Those are a couple quick things I want to mention before we get into our, you know, big story of the game. To me, the big story of the game is, oh my goodness, the Jets need some help on forward. I've been really struggling with some of the Jets offense lately. I find that they are not producing to the caliber that They need to be to sustain the record that they're at right now. Obviously, the Jets are doing okay as far as, you know, the standings go. um, You know, but the Central is having some weird teams. Colorado is not winning as many games as people thought they were going to. St. Louis is pretty stinky. Um, Lots of that kind of stuff. Personally, I am – my thoughts on the Jets are really in the middle of where they've been in the recent past versus tonight i don't think they're as good as the record shows but i also don't think that they're as stinky as they are were tonight i don't think that's the real winnipeg jets but that being said a lot of patterns that we've seen from games even the games that the jets have won really came through tonight um really struggling on a lot of those zone entries in my opinion you know getting possession to me was one of the biggest struggles tonight the jets could not forecheck or get the puck away from minnesota for the life of them um, I, as soon as they actually could, they couldn't maintain it or create anything from it. Right. And obviously we talk about how much they miss Nikolai Ehlers in a lot of capacities, but even if Nikolai Ehlers were here, I still think the Jets need a top six forward. And with him being missing, that need is even more blatant and glaring in my opinion. And I think that the ability to engage all five players is something that the Jets talked a lot about in the off season, talking about you know activating the D more and stuff which is always a great thought but I need to see it happen and I don't know if I was seeing enough of that tonight the forwards were poor and the defense weren't really helping in that capacity in my opinion I think that there wa- were some miscues, some fumbles in the offensive zone, just not not a lot of good stuff in the limited chances that they did have because there wasn't a lot of offensive zone pressure and, you know, a lot of strong chances created, in my opinion. So uh, let's talk about some of the specific goals against. The goal for Cal Connor, we know he's able to shoot. I'm still struggling with his game. You know, after he had that hat trick a couple of games ago, I was really hoping they we were going to start to see a little bit more from him. But it just wasn't fully there, in my opinion, in this last couple games. And I think that tonight in particular, he just looked a little bit off. And I don't know if it's, you know, some of the line shuffling that went on throughout the course of the game or if it's just kind of some patterns that we've seen all season so far. But I was glad he scored. I hope he can continue to score because that's what he needs to do, in my opinion, to feel his best, to look his best, to perform his best, is to actually put those pucks in the net. And any time that he's able to do that, I think is good. But I didn't think he had the greatest game tonight. Um... But let's talk about the goals against. So the first goal there, um, that was the one that was a set play off of the faceoff, right? Um, Shout out Nick Patan, got a point on that one. Um, But uh, where I struggle with that one is Josh Morrissey is in front of the net, right? Like, he's defending that one. And I think that When you're, you know, defending that net front guy like he was there, tying up the stick is one of the most important things that you could do. And I think that, you know, Josh had the positioning there. He, The body is in front with the guy. But when the stick is so open like that, the screen just makes it so much easier for the offensive player to kind of move them around because – the, like, the offense player has the upper hand there. Like, Josh isn't tying the stick. He's, you know, kind of struggling with the shoulder there. And the puck gets through pretty easily. The, Hellbuck essentially has two screens in front of him there. So I think that in that case, in my opinion, I think Josh could have done a better job actually tying up the player to make that a more effective lock in front. Um, but also, you know, once again... Nice play, right? (laughs) I think uh, it's, you know, the way she goes sometimes. Uh, A couple other goals. The Hanola defense on Jordan Greenway there, you know, Twitter obviously went to town a little bit. Um, And because, you know, Vili Hanola is Vili Hanola. We like to mm, pick out his holes in his game, right? On Twitter, it seems that way. I don't think that goal is Hanola's fault. I also don't think that goal is Hellebuck's fault or Lowry's fault. I think that that's a really unlucky bounce for the Jets and a really lucky bounce for Minnesota. Obviously, luck is always, you know, quoted with an asterisk in hockey because, you know, it's not always luck that leads to the maintenance, the of pos- the possession of the puck and all these different things, right? Like Minnesota's doing a lot of good in that capacity, but the bounces themselves were pretty lucky. Um, you know, there were some people talking about how Villy didn't tie up his man there I thought he did Jordan Greenway wasn't able to get a proper stick on that puck if he'd actually gotten a stick on it it would have been called back as a high sticking goal right because Villy Handel had his decent positioning on that so I don't think that that was his fault in any capacity I also think Lowry didn't necessarily you know not his fault there either um but I think that you know a couple of unlucky bounces in that capacity um couple of other goals tonight really just an effort of Minnesota's offensive creativity and actually being able to generate some stuff from the possessions that they're able to create for themselves. Kaprizov had some nice goals there, um, and Marcus Felina's goal is also very nice. I don't want to you know, necessarily attribute any one goal to any one defensive miscue by the Jets, uh, but I think that there were some struggles there, and a lot of that comes down to kind of what I brought back as the main story of the game here, which is just that the Jets could not maintain any form of possession whatsoever. Um, so in the chat, someone mentioned uh, Casey with Dubois Shife long term. That's something that we've been talking about, I think, as Jets fans for a couple of weeks now. Obviously, I'll try anything once um, with offensive pairings, especially in the top six when players are so talented, right? And you're able to, you know, shuffle things around, look for some chemistry. And uh, especially when Ehlers was not injured and they were running that really top heavy top line. I was interested. I was intrigued, right? I was like, I wouldn't necessarily choose to play Connor, Shifley, Ehlers, but I was open to it. Injuries change things, of course. But I've been struggling with the Perfetti-Dubois-Wheeler line because I've also been struggling with all three of those guys individually. I don't know if I'm really liking what I'm seeing from all of them as of right now. So I think long-term, they need to put Connor and Dubois back together. Both of those guys need to pick it up a little bit. I think Dubois tonight, um, you know, very clearly – showed some of that anger you know when he he really gets into that aspect of the game he draws a lot of penalties he takes a lot of penalties he's very you know he's that guy who stays after the play to finish the check and cross-check the guy when he doesn't really have to and that kind of stuff and I think that if he were to be playing better apart from that he wouldn't feel the need to do that as much if that makes sense right that, that's kind of how I'm feeling and I think that if you were able to produce a little bit more um you know everyone would feel better about their play um so I think that you know, we saw also a larger sample of him and Connor playing together last year. We're about at the quarter mark of the season, which is still an okay sized sample, but I always like to see more. And I really liked what I saw from Dubois and Connor last year. Frankly, I don't even know why they were split up to begin with. I would have left them together. I also think that um, having a net driver like Dubois on a line with Cal Connor is really great, especially if their third is someone like Perfetti who can pass really well. Because the more pucks that you can get to the net when you have someone like Connor on the ice, the better. Because the rebounds and all those kinds of things he's really good at those in tight shots and you know making something out of nothing but in order to be able to do that you need to be able to have those pucks in the right zone and i just don't feel like that's happening right now and i also think that shifley and ehlers are a decent fit and everyone knows that i love pairings more than i love lines i think it's really important to go with two stars and guy more than it is to go three stars on a line so if you're able to go shifley ehlers connor and Dubois went well healthy, I think that that's the best bet for the Jets to go. Um, someone says in the chat, even though Pionk is what everyone is worried about. Um, Pionk, I also think, had a little bit of a rougher game tonight. I have just been struggling with him a little bit this season. I think a lot of his plays are high risk, high reward, right? Like that's kind of what you see when you have those more dynamic defensemen. It tends to be the pattern that you see with their plays. when it looks good, it looks great. But when it looks bad, it's rough. And there are a couple things tonight, you know, even in early in the first period, a couple of miscues in the defensive zone that just led to some really awful turnovers. And I think that that's something that Needs to be fixed a little bit, especially if he's going to be playing with Morrissey, right? Because if that's supposed to be your first pairing, they need to be doing a little bit better in their defensive zone. If you're looking at things like Money Puck, like their numbers against tonight were not great. Naturally, when you're playing against that tougher competition, it's bound to happen. But, you know, the other team is also playing against tougher competition when they're against our teams and they're not drowning the way that we are, right? So I think it's really important to keep that in mind. And I think that uh, I don't know what the fix is for Neil Pionk. I don't know if it's, you know, more offensive zar- starts pairing him up with a better partner you know something like that but I just think that there's something off with that guy's game right now I think the season that the Jets signed him to his long-term contract was a little bit of an outlier but um I think that he's better than he is right now and uh I I hope he's able to round back into full form especially if he's going to be playing with Morrissey because that top pairing needs to be better if the Jets want to maintain some form of long-term success um so for those of you who are watching right now, um, what would you do with the forward lines, right? Like, I want to hear what you guys have to say. I want to chat about that. Definitely, you know, subscribe, like the stream, of course. But if you have thoughts on what particular pairings or, um, you know, offensive lines you'd be most interested in seeing, I want to hear them because something just isn't quite clicking with the the Jets right now in the offensive zone. Um, you know, maybe it's perfetti that needs to be activated a little bit more maybe he just needs to get his footing maybe wheeler needs to be demoted into the middle six or bottom six right like i don't know what the fix is but um connor Dubois, wheeler perfetti shifley gagne is what justin in the chat says and i think that that's interesting um i don't know if i like gagne as a long-term fix in the top six I think right now he's a better fit than Appleton was and I think given the circumstances he's okay um but I don't think I like that long term but I don't think there's an internal fix for that long term either I think the Jets really need to bring in an actual forward to come play in the top six because right now their forwards are where they're struggling the most. It's been the kind of thing where for the last however many years, you know, you listen to Sportsnet, you listen to TSN, you listen to a lot of Jets fans, and they're like, "Oh, the defense is bad. The defense is bad." But then you have a couple people who dive in a little bit deeper and they go big brained and they say, "Actually, the forwards are the problem." And I kind of agree with that, right? Like I think that you know, with the forwards they need to produce to a higher quality than they are right now and i just don't see it happening and i think that they need to be able to to fix that um i don't know what um would be currently you know obviously barring any kind of trade or anything what would be the ideal person that i would put in the top six um I am seeing some Gus love in the chat, and I also want to talk about him tonight. Uh, David Gustafson does all of the things right that, you know, any coach, any analyst, you know, will talk about when they're like talking about a full, a full player that is David Gustafson. I love watching everything about him. He's the kind of person if I were, you know, coaching a minor league hockey team, I'd make them watch his tape and be like, look at this guy. Every single time he has a chance to make an impact on the play he's making the right call you know obviously his line is a little bit of a lesser caliber that's not fair they're all professional hockey players right but it's at a little bit uh like they're not producing as much right just because they don't have the stars that they need uh so it's not like he's scoring a ton of goals or anything like that but you know when it comes to defensive positioning you know the ability to jump in and strip someone of the puck as opposed to just collapsing in in the middle of like you know around the hash marks like players often do which was one thing that I think the Jets really struggled with tonight um Is you know not being dynamic enough as defense. Shifley had a moment when he was on the penalty kill where he sprung in, um, and you know that's where they scored is because Shifley was looking for the offense on the PK. I don't always hate that, but you got to do it at the right time. And someone like David Gustafson is does a fantastic job of that of reading properly when to jump up and pinch up and grab that puck and make that exit as opposed to when to collapse. Because if you collapse every time, you're never going to get that puck back right, and that's what all the chances come from. So, um, and I think that. You know, when when you talk about players like that, I'm not saying that David Gustafson is the best Winnipeg Jet. I'm not saying that he needs to be on the second line or the first line or anything like that. But cap efficiency is a real thing. And you need players in your lineup that are going to produce the kind of impact that you need. And what they need from someone like David Gustafson, who's making as much money as he does, is to go on the ice and just give up more than you or pardon me create more than you give up and he does that every single time he gets on the ice uh, Dave Smith says Gus is Lowry at a third of the cost and that's 100% correct right I love Adam Lowry I think he's a great person I think he adds a lot to the team in the sense of you know my least favorite award and everyone who's you know listening right now have a drink the intangibles right like I think Adam Lowry is a good guy I think he's a team player all that kind of stuff but if I'm spending three and a half million dollars on a guy He needs to create more than Adam Lowry does, and, you know, I think the best teams, they fill up that bottom six with players who just generate a little bit more cap efficiency. You're able to, you know, utilize your $10 million players when you're not wrapping up all that cap in your bottom six, and I don't dislike Adam Lowry, but I think someone like David Gustafson is a better long-term solution to an effective bottom six. Um... I think that Harkins had an interesting game. Someone brought him up in the chat here. I think that he was okay. Um, Jansen Harkins, I think, really needed that stint he had with the Manitoba Moose. I think that, you know, when it comes to someone like him, when it comes to someone like Mikey Essamont, a thing that a lot of people always talk about is how hard they work. I struggle with that sometimes because to me, hard work isn't enough to warrant an NHL lineup. Are you good at hockey or not? And I think that that was what I was struggling with with Jensen Harkins before because anytime you'd talk to someone about him and if someone was defending him, they'd be like, he works really hard. He's got a lot of go in him. He's got a lot of fire. It's like, okay, but how is that reflected in what he's actually producing? You don't get to stack that on top of what he's already doing. If he's got zero goals and he's got, you know, his, his, whatever set you want to look at is poor, you can't be like, oh, but it's fine because he works hard because that hard work isn't resulting in anything. So that's never been enough for me. But I think that as, you know, he went down for that stint with the Moose and now that he's back, I think he looks a lot better. I think he needed that. And um, I'm happy with him on that capacity. Same thing with Mikey Essemont. Um When some injuries resolve themselves, I don't even know if he's going to be taken out at this point. Like, I think that he's starting to... To prove that he belongs here. He's someone that works hard, but also is effective. And I think that that's the kind of thing that has to go hand in hand. Lots of players have the natural ability to be effective. But if you're not working hard enough, that's not enough for me. But if you're working hard and you don't have that natural ability, that's also not enough. It's got to be a mutual thing, right? Those things can't, they have to coexist. So I think it's really important. Um, Julian in the chat says, I think it comes from having a better offensive vision while being solid defensively and strong on the puck. And I fully agree with that. Like, um, I think the whole concept of being solid defensively is so important because players need to understand that um, being solid defensively doesn't mean you collapse and you just get, you know, hemmed in every time you're in your own zone, but actually the ability to create possession out of those defensive plays that you have to make and stuff like that. And I think that um, our third and fourth lines have been better at that lately. You know, um, I, whenever I see offensive chances and it's always, the you know, third, fourth line, you're like, oh, I wish it was, you know, a line with better scores that had that chance and stuff like that. Right. And I think um, it's the kind of thing that you need to think about. It's like, why did that line get that chance, though? It's because they were able to generate it because they were able to produce a little bit more when they didn't have the puck and they were able to get that puck back. Right. So um uh, looking into, um, you know, next games and things like that, um, I think it's going to be really important for the Jets to um, capitalize on their special teams. And I thought their penalty kill was okay tonight. Like penalty kill is something I always struggle with evaluating. I don't think it's my strongest suit, but I think that... Um, the players they have playing the penalty kill right now, I don't like Neil Pionk on the penalty kill. I don't think that that's a long-term sustainable plan to put him there. I understand that he's one of their better defensemen, so I think that um you know people always assume that if he's one of your better defensemen if he's paid more then he must play in all situations and I don't fully agree with that um you know people have their specialties and I don't think that that's one of his um but I'd like to see a little bit more puck movement and puck creativity on the power play because you know the Jets do have some scoring ability and they have a couple defensemen who can quarterback a power play decently well I think that there's got to be some more capitalization of that there for sure um you know I think that Vili Hanela, I can't believe that I barely talked about him yet. I I was sitting here and I literally have for those of you who are watching my Vili Hanela water bottle with me right now. Like everyone knows, Vili Hanela is like my favorite player. Um, so tonight and you know last game, I thought I saw a decently similar game from him in the sense that there wasn't. A lot to talk about, which to me is a good thing when it comes to a player like Vilihanola, who, similarly to Neil Pionk in very different ways, is a high-risk, high-reward player, right? So you often notice him because he produces a lot of really dynamic and exciting things, but in turn, sometimes his mistakes can be a little bit more noticeable because, you know, there's a little bit more jumping up on the plate. There's a little bit more net front aggression that could result in, you know, some form of, you know, a penalty or something like that, you know, right? Um, so me not noticing him to me is not the worst thing in the world. So um, I'm just going to quickly pull up um, his time on ice tonight, just because I am a little bit curious. I know there was a little bit of benching at the end of the game. I'm, from what I heard, it sounds like, um, perfetti might have gotten the short end of the stick at the end of the game there, which I find interesting, um, because I don't think he played any worse than any of his line mates. Um, you know, particularly Dubois and Wheeler. Um, but if I look on the time when I see it says Villianlop played thirteen minutes tonight, which all things considered, um, you know, it is what it is. It's not that bad. For reference, Dylan Sandberg only played 15, right? But then you have Neil Pionk playing 22 minutes. You have Josh Morrissey playing 21, right? So the distribution's not fully there, but with any team, you know, you obviously front load your your top guys a little bit. But I think for a 13-minute game, I, I was okay with how Billy Hanel played. Um, someone in the chat says, Billy Hanel is your favorite player. Does Dubois know you're cheating on him? Listen, I'm allowed to have two favorite players. Um I have one who's a silly little guy and one who's a mean little guy. And that's just my <laughs> um Billy Hanula is a really exciting player and I really want to see him develop more as a player with the Jets and all that kind of stuff. So I've been really really keen on him getting some more NHL ice time, you know, hearing comments from the coaches that are like, "Oh, Billy Hanula is an NHL caliber player." Um, you know, I struggle with that when you're playing him in the AHL because in what world does someone who's already excelled at the level they're at, knowing that there's a level they can move to next, need to stay at that preliminary level, right? You know, he's playing penalty kill, he's playing power play, all of his stats, if you want to look at regular stats, like, you know, uh, simple isolated ones like goals and assists doing very well, if you want to look at stats that make no sense, like, you know, plus minus or something, he's also doing fine there, if that's what you want to look at, or if you want to look at fancier numbers, like, you know, the Corsi, the Fenwick, the expected goals, all those fancy things, Right also doing very well there like he's dominating at an AHL level so to me when you have you know, a defense that has some players that are a little bit more expendable and, you know, it's still early in the season. You got to bring up the guy who's got a decent reward. So um, I think that's going to be where I wrap up my stream tonight. Thank you so much, everyone, for jumping in and being engaged in the chat. I'll be real with you. I was very nervous to do a show on my own. I often talk about hockey, but I don't I don't monologue. That's not my thing. So um, this was definitely a new experience for me. I have some fun guests lined up for some of my other shows, so hopefully you won't have to endure this too many other times. Um, but I appreciate you guys coming up checking this out definitely um you know like subscribe do all these things engage with the posts on twitter we really appreciate um you know, all the support. It's been great getting the show up and up and running and Brady and I really appreciate all the support from everyone so far. Uh, You can catch us on Twitter at SDPN sports and you can also catch me on Twitter. I'm at Liz hood. People always pronounce my last name wrong. It is hood, not hood. Um, But uh, if you guys want to catch me there, love chatting hockey with all of you. I really appreciate you guys. So everyone take care and I will see you next time. by Sports Interaction. Canada Sports Book.